talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and a variety of your favorite podcast platforms. It is episode 197. We're nearing 200, Johnny Mita. How are you, my friend? Doing well, Joe. Doing well. Um, yeah, just um, just kind of feeling envious the fact that the uh, the Sixers are just not in the NBA Finals in two teams that I think would be pretty beatable opponents are, and uh, it's just uh, another reminder of an epic failure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. Um, <laughs> we're gonna dive deeply into it. Could have the Stanley Cup handed out tonight. Ooh. Canadians staved off the sweep. They staved <laughs> off elimination with an overtime win. The whole series, I'd been like, all right, let's go Canadians, just because I wanted to, I don't know, Tampa won last year, and sure. I was just hoping they could pull it off. Kerry Price, Finally, you know, legendary goaltender, if he were to get a cup, yeah. that'd be a good way to yeah. go out Shea on Weber. top. Shea, Shea Weber. Weber's had a heck of a career. Sure. Um, you know, and then – after the series three nothing, I'm like, all right, it's over. Tampa's gonna blow the doors off them in game four. Let's move on. And here comes Montreal with their first one in the series. So my hockey predictions have been atrocious. I'm gonna avoid any further predictions, but I will say this, I'll be surprised if Tampa doesn't get it done at home in game five. But all playoff long, Montreal has been proving people wrong. So maybe they got a little magic left. Uh you touched on the NBA finals. Man, uh the Sixers. The process. Uh, ben Simmons, your guy. You've been a defender of him. You've been a critic of him. I wouldn't say my uh, guy, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, you have you. defended him at times. Sure. Um, you have also been critical of him at times, very mm. critical of him at times, and fairly, rightly so. Um, where are you at now with Ben Simmons and the Sixers process? Uh, um, well, you know, while well, Ben's having a nice time, you know, basically drinking tea and eating strumpets over there in England at Wimbledon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's what he was doing. <laughs> no, no, I know. Uh, it's again, he just bought a $17.5 million house um, in California. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the writing's on the wall. I, I think it's best for both sides, um, for both sides to part ways. And I, I just don't think he can come back in this locker room right now. And, Again, this is the million dollar question with him is, does he want it? Does he want to be better? Does he want to put in the work? And, and for me, I think it's clear and obvious now that we keep asking that question off season after off season after off season. And we really don't see the type of offense improvements that you need to become like a legitimate star player. I think it's just time for us to move on. The interesting thing is, you know, some of the articles that I've read, regarding what his value is that's the biggest thing right what type of um of you know what type of return can we get for trading a player like Ben Simmons now let's face it 
He finished second runner-up in Defensive Player of the Year. He has a lot of intangibles. He's a one-man fast break. There's a lot of things that he does extremely well. So the question is, is there going to be an NBA team or an organization out there to feel like I can fix this guy? Or the second part of that is maybe I can fix him, but maybe I have a better system where he can flourish in with his particular type of skill set. So I think that's going to be it. Um, there were trade rumors floating around. You know, the biggest one that was like hitting the newsways was Malcolm Brogdon in our first round pick, which, which was I believe was number seventeen overall for Ben Simmons. Again, I like that. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is a very good player, point guard, can shoot, can score a little bit. You know, a really good defensive player as well. And the seventeenth overall pick. The good thing is, if that's the first offer out there, that gives me hope that that we could land something bigger. I think we all know the big fish that I want to land is Damian Lillard. The question is, what is that going to take? I don't know. But at this point, I'm willing to give up a King's ransom to get him because I feel like he is the one player that could take you to the next level. And when I said it on previous podcasts, if you're looking at a window with Joe Will and B, you're talking two to three years, let, let, let's, let's get it. Let's go get it. Another rumor I heard was, um, the Sacramento Kings, I heard this last year, that they were interested in maybe dealing Buddy Heald for Ben Simmons. Um, I like Buddy Heald, but the guy that I would want would be De'Aaron Fox. And they, they drafted another kind of point guard slash combo guard last year that finished, I think, third in the in the rookie of the year voting. I think his name is Tyrese Halliburton um, from Iowa State, maybe. I think that's where he came from. But yep. He's so a may- Yeah, so maybe – we can get De'Aaron Fox here because I would do that trade in a minute. You know, again, if it's a narrative, right? Ben wants to be out on the West Coast, California, Sacramento's not out in Los Angeles, but hey. So I, I know one thing: Dal Morey is not going to get like he's going to make sure that 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 he gets a win in this trade. He's not going to just trade Ben Simmons just to get him off the team, and I think rightfully so. Another one that was floated out there is. Golden State's two first-round picks, seven and 14. Again, strongly consider it. However, if you want to get that difference-maker player, particularly in this year's draft, I think you have to be within the top five. Now, could you package seven and 14 to get you into the five spot? Certainly a strong possibility, Um, but but we'll see. But I, I think it's... I think it's just time to go in a different direction. I think it'll be beneficial for both parties. But I, I just – I can't go another season where us, you know, as a as a fan base saying, oh, is he going to improve his free throw shoot? Is he going to come back? Is he going to – the other thing is just, just having the willingness to shoot the basketball. And we don't see that. And there's just been nothing but regression as opposed to progression. So – it's a mental block, Johnny Mita. Well, and then there's, there's that. There's a mental yes. block. And I yes. don't know if this, I'm sure that the Sixers have a sports psychologist either on retainer or part of their staff. I mean, heck, the Iowa Wild were using sports psychologists through Minnesota to come down and help out the athletes there. So if you're doing it at the minor league level, I'd be shocked if Ben Simmons couldn't reach out to somebody very easily if he wanted to. But as you pointed out, does he want the help? There's something there mentally. And I don't think he can come back to this team. I don't think the city would have him. And again, it brings me back to something I've mentioned on previous podcasts with you. And not something we necessarily need to dive into right now, full blown. But is Philadelphia the reason that some of these athletes fail? 
I mean, is Markel Fultz not working out because Philly's too hard of a place to play? Is Carson Wentz wanting out because Philadelphia's too hard of a place to play? I mean, I could go on and on with athletes that have struggled here and not so much because they lack ability, because between the ears, they become an absolute mess. Um, and whether it's for a seat, Jefferson seems to agree, whether yeah. it's for a season Jefferson's or more, yeah. you know, like we, we've had too many guys that haven't panned out because of the pressure of this city, the fan base, the expectations, and it's disappointing. And I don't have the answer, but every time I see a guy like Ben Simmons or an all-star type player flail in Philly, I just wonder if the li- if the limelight's too bright. Like, would he be better served in Oklahoma City? Would he be a better player with the New Orleans Pelicans, or whatever the hell they're called? Um, you know, yeah. where he's just the guy, and if he doesn't shoot a basketball for 48 minutes and finishes with a couple of points and, you know, and a bunch of rebounds and assists and nobody gives a damn, like, is that better for him? I, I don't have that answer, but it-, it certainly seems like it would make more sense. Well, I think the other thing, too, that we have to take into consideration is this. Like, as a fan base, are we just too hard? To, or is our expectations too great that we just, you know, we've talked about this before, that we run people out of town? Like, I, I don't think it's that. Like, I feel like if you put in the effort, you know, if, if you're honest, if you're truthful with the fans, I, I think the Philadelphia fan base will have a great deal of respect for you. Yeah. If you don't do that, if you kind of play the role of I'm too cooler than school and, and you kind of or don't you demand too much money like Jason Peters just right. pulled. Right? right. Like those are things that quickly this fan base, our fan base will be like, nah, we don't have time for that. You know, bring your lunch pail, work hard. Don't say boo. Don't chirp the fans. As Jimmy Rollins found out, you, you know, you'll win the city over easily. Um, you know, if a guy eventually stinks or becomes a bum or can't produce, yeah, every town's going to sour on him. But give us the effort. Don't give an excuse and don't let the, the fans and the, and the media member – like when we see something, right, like we all see Ben Simmons doesn't want the basketball down the stretch. That's a problem, right? We all see that the Eagles don't run the football enough. So then the drumbeat gets louder. You know, if the if, – if the 5 million people in the city and all the media members and the fans are like, hey, wake up, here's the problem, and you don't fix it, that's when there's a real issue. Oh, what? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I mean, what, what are your thoughts, Joe? I mean, do you, you got a trade, right? Yeah, he can't come back. I mean, I, I, there's something there meant Well, I mean, and, and here's him, the other thing. He comes back, he takes – yeah, he, he he comes back. I'm sorry to interrupt you, pal, but he comes back. He misses two free throws, or he doesn't right. want to take a layup, or he. I mean, he will just get crucified. Yes, so, exactly. There's yeah. no way he can come back. Um, the 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 bridge will not be mended. I don't believe so. And you, it's a great point. How do his teammates feel? You know, the guys he let down, the Tobias Harris's of the world, who maybe didn't have the best playoff run himself. Maybe he came up short but he wanted a title badly. Jojo, you know, a guy left it on the line. Um, you know, a guy like Danny Green, a guy like Seth Curry, guys that have been around the block, and they saw how you reacted when the lights were the brightest. And that's hard to shake. That locker room knows Ben Simmons. They, they know what he can do. The coaching staff knows. You know, they can say everything they want after the year about, oh, we're going we're gonna to work on this, we're going to work on that. 
dude, that, that summer league video surfaced during the playoffs. Ben Simmons was hitting 26, 24, 28 foot jump shots in summer league. That's five years ago or whatever the hell it was like. So did he forget how to shoot or he just doesn't have the balls or the confidence or there's something there where he doesn't want to fail. And when you don't want to fail, when you don't want it exactly what's going to happen, you're going to fail because you can't be a basketball player without shooting. It's like, it's like, you know, it'd be like being a quarterback that can't throw the ball or being a hockey player that literally can't pass the puck. Like all I can do is one thing. No, then that doesn't work. So the question for me will be, can Thibel step up? You know, if you trade Ben Simmons, can he fill some of those hard minutes defensively? I know he's not going to push the pace like Simmons. I know he's not going to dish out dimes like Simmons. He doesn't have the length, but can he, can he be that defensive guy that we expect him to be? Can you get more from Tyrese Maxey next year? I would think so. Those are guys that I would look to step up and fill the void, plus whatever you can get in return. Ben Simmons has got to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I think as much as, you know, it's just five years, I think it's a good sample of, of what a player is going to be. And I just think he's hit a ceiling. And maybe, listen, he goes somewhere else. He fits in the right system. And they unlock him. But when it comes to – if you look at these playoffs right now, if there's something that is so incredibly definitive, is that the teams that have been advancing have that killer guard play. Like Chris Paul has been phenomenal, what he's been doing with the Suns. Um, yep. Chris and, Middleton has massively right, right. salvaged the Bucks in games where either Giannis sure. has been hurt or not available. And he's, yeah, he's Drew Holiday's had some big yeah. yep. I mean, you Lou need, Williams crossed yeah. the Sixers. In that right. game five comeback. Trey so, Young. I mean, yeah. I mean, you need you need a guy that can get you 25. I'm gonna I mean, give you two names that are, I mean, are going to make just you average 17 to 18 points in a game, right. you know, we're probably still playing right now. I'll give you two names to make you puke. Jason Tatum could have had him. Drafted uh-huh. Markel Fultz. Mikael yeah. Bridges did have him. Traded him. Got yeah. basically nothing for him. Are you ready to vomit yet? Yep. <laughs> just, well, uh, and, then, and then when when we talk about the process like if we yeah. really is it a failure i think i don't really think it's a failure no. i just think we just blew there's still draft another step. well there's still <clears throat> another step to go right They're, they still haven't finished it off and maybe you know if it takes a few more years and Embiid isn't here then yes then the quote-unquote process never panned out but i think there's still a window you have to change the pieces. You have to continue to mold. As long as Joel Embiid is here, I mean, he, he was his biggest step as anybody in the quote-unquote process because he was injured coming out of college. There was a little bit of what can he be. But part of the reason you tanked and sucked all those years was to have the opportunity to draft a guy like him. Did they blow the Markel Fultz pick? Certainly. Is Ben Simmons working out? Probably not. But during this process – during these years of rebuilding and getting here, at the end of the day, the best player is Embiid. And the only reason you got him is because you sucked for so many years. So, you know, not all the pieces that you acquire over that span have to work out as long as at the end of the day you achieve what you wanted to, which is becoming a contender, and they've done that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're in the mix the question, you think we could get Steph Curry to force a trade here so he can play and dream up with his brother? What do you think? That would be unbelievable. Uh, I would love having the Curry brothers. Oh, I'd lose my mind. But, you know, I've always been a huge Steph guy too. But, 
Yeah. Uh, let's jump. Well, first of all, you expect the Suns to just clean up in the final? Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that Giannis is probably not at 100%, even though he still looked pretty decent yesterday. But, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be the Suns in six. I think Milwaukee will steal a couple games, but ultimately I, I believe the Phoenix Suns, this is their year. And I think Chris Paul gets a ring. And I, it would be, you know, he gets a ring. And, and you got to remember, too, Coach Monty Williams. There's a guy that he actually coached Chris Paul in New Orleans, which is so crazy, right? Yeah. When they were the, like the New Orleans Hornets once they moved from Charlotte, which is just wild to think about how long ago that was. And, yep. and tragically, he lost his wife in a car accident. So it would be a pretty good story if he were to get a ring as well. Yep. And uh, the homie got hurt last night, Dario Sarge. Oh, yeah. Torn ACL. Poor Dario. That's a bummer for the homie, but he might get a ring as well. Um, all right, to the Phils, who have played better baseball the last handful of times out. They have won four of five. The Cubs are a grease fire. The Phils have taken full advantage, scoring double-digit runs back-to-back -back games for the first time in an eternity. I feel the same way, Jefferson. Lots of dingers. Uh, Harper with five hits last night. They've been out slugging the Cubs. I don't know that it means his team is by any means for real. If they can get to the All-Star break at 500, it'd be a goddamn miracle, and I'd take it. Uh, but the trade deadline is approaching after the All-Star break. What are you thinking, Johnny Mita? Well, the crazy part is this game. This team is only four games, four games out of the division, which when you think about it, I mean, they went through a stretch where they blew eight out of nine games, which is just completely out of hand. Just when you thought that the Phillies bullpen, and it comes back to dumb and dumber, just when you thought – that they could be any dumber or worse than they <laughs> yeah. were last year. Yeah. And they go and make some all-season sign, all signings and go do a thing like this, and they're even worse. Like, it's, it's so, absolutely so Johnny, this, incredible. This is crazy to me. Worse. I've been talking about this to anybody yeah. that will listen. You change pitching coaches, mainly because the guy that was here couldn't handle it anymore. He had to leave. He basically retired rather than come back. So you change pitching coaches. You have a full, normal offseason. You have spring training. You have a revamped bullpen, like, what, five new arms? And as you said, they're, they're worse. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I don't get it. Luckily, now we're starting to see some of the young arms. This Bailey Falter kid, was he great last night? No, but there was a huge cushion for a lead. I don't care. Like, I, I'd rather see these young kids come up and fail than keep trotting out the Tommy Hunters of the world, a.k.a. Hector Naris this year, or – you know, pick your poison. Like I, those guys I have no time for anymore. You know what I mean? Like I'd yeah. rather the young kid get a chance and blow it. than keep trotting out these guys that we've seen now over the course of 20 plus appearances or multiple seasons. They can't get it done. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's see what we have. If we have anything that's, that's yes. salvageable, right? That's yep. the hugest thing. And it just, it just, I mean, like, think about this. They've blown, what, 25 games? Just think about that, right? Yeah. Is that how many saves they've blown? Yes. I know it's like 23 or 24. No, these aren't, these aren't just the typical in the ninth inning. Like, they've changed yeah. the way the saves are, right. you know, if you basically, but it's essentially it's a blown lead. It's somewhat late in the game, not the third or fourth inning. We're talking like sixth inning or later. At some point, they're leading, and 25 times already, they've lost that lead. It doesn't mean they've lost all those games, but they've lost that lead. I mean, that's chaos. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is chaos. I mean, it's – so what do you do? So you have the deadline. Do you get a closer or do you move pieces? Like, do you think 
What do you think it's going to take to get this team back into playoff contention, which will be what? The 15th time in 131 years? <laughs> well, we're, we'll get there in a second, but it's the bats. I mean, the bats have to be more consistent. The way they've hit the last week or 10 days is what we were hoping for for a chunk of the season, not the whole yeah, yeah. season. You know, you're never in a 162-game year going to have everybody going, but you need to have three or four guys going. And, and you know, right now they have half the team going, and they need that. They need that so badly because they don't have the pitching not to be able to do it. So Harper's got to continue to play well. Reese has got to continue to play well. Yes. Alec Bohm went 0 for 5 last night, but he had been hot lately. Dee's back. So you, you know, they got to stay healthy. They got to hit the baseball and hope that Wheeler, Nola, and Eflin string it together enough good starts that they're able to hang in there. The problem is the wild card's, the wild card's not going to be available. Yeah, you know, there's no way to be able. There's the too NL many West, good teams. Yeah, yeah. the NL oh, West has three teams that are 20 absolutely. games above 500. So exactly, you know, you got to win the division. Uh, so basically, you got to hope for the Mets to falter. You got to right. take care of your divisional games, and you got to continue to hit the baseball enough that your crappy bullpen, you know, doesn't blow. It, it's confidence, Johnny Mita. Like yeah. when they're going out there for a week straight, and it's this guy after that guy after that guy, and they all suck. That's confidence. Yeah. You know, they, they're not all that terrible of pitchers, okay? No. It's the fact that it's like one bad shift, the next line goes out, they turn a puck over, another bad shift. Or, you know, you take a penalty in the NFL, it seems like it snowballs. Or you drop a pass, and then the next time, you know, then you give up a sack. It's like things snowball mentally in sports. And right now, it's you know, it was snowballing for the Phillies' bullpen. I don't b- believe they can possibly be as bad as the numbers indicate they've got to get it going as a team and sort of just pick you know you pick guys up your starter has a bad day you gotta you gotta swing the bat bullpen gives up a lead you gotta get it back the next inning and they weren't doing enough for that well and that's it and it's you know they're starting pitching obviously the three you know your three decent pitchers have been doing decent it's just it's it's just been the bullpen well, Noel has been average at best no at best. I, I i agree and that's you know Kind of worrisome. Thank I mean, God you, for Zach Wheeler. Yeah, well, and then thank you. You got the Golden Child pros, prospect of uh, – oh, my God, I can't even think of his Spencer name. Howard. Spencer Howard that can't run 90 feet before getting gassed. I mean, yeah. that, that is was, such an impact. And they sent him back down to stretch him out again? Like, what are they doing with this kid? Like, that's an organizational oh, failure. Failure. Absolute There's been failure. so many failures when it comes to drafting with this team. And that's, and that's why we're in the particular position because yeah. – the teams that have maintained success, that maintain being in contention every year to compete for at least to get in the playoffs, what do they all have in common? Like a decent farm system. Yep. And when you need to make that move at the deadline, that extra, what's going to get us over the top? Could we be a buyer here and get, you know, another outfielder or a, or a power hitter or, you know, a relief pitcher or a closer? But we, we, we have zero assets, which yep. sucks. Here, here's what I would say. And Girardi, Dombrowski, Dombrowski, he stinks. I'm yeah. tired of Girardi. Dombrowski yeah. is going to do this. He's going he's gonna to add to the bullpen. He's going to add to the bench. It's going to be patchwork stuff that we've seen every trade deadline for the last six years. It's not going to be enough. And ultimately, the team's not going to be good enough. That, that would be my prediction for how this plays out. Now, the smart thing to do would probably be sell what you have like a Gene Segura who's hitting 340 yeah. or you trade 
an Eflin or a start, you know, and you really start to rebuild this thing. They need young players that are going to pan out. And I don't know what's going on in Lehigh Valley, but as you said, they don't have enough of it right now. So the smart thing to do would probably be hang around as long as you can, jack up the price, and get some legitimate prospects for guys you know long-term aren't going to be here because you're just not going to be good enough. And, and you hope that by the time Bryce Harper's in the sixth year of his deal, hopefully his legs haven't fallen off and you can actually start to win because I I just see him doing patchwork stuff uh, just because they need it. And I I don't know that it's honestly going to help. Now I hope to God I'm wrong, but that's sort of how I see it playing out. And one thing I know I was wrong on uh, at least this year, I I swore that Alec Bohm was going to hit 300. He's barely hitting like his body weight. And I was wrong on that. Jeff Jeff agrees with that as well. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been a disappointment. You would think you'd have more power out of that guy. Well, the biggest thing for me is his body language. Yeah. You know, his effort. You know, he's got this poo-poo look on his face all the time. He's like, dude, just man up. You know, it's – I can't believe it. I I just – I'm very disappointed in a lot of their effort, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's – it's well – I mean, the errors that they've committed. Oh, they've they play been... terrible baseball. They play bad baseball. It's right. unwatchable. Honestly, yeah. their games always take four hours. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's brutal. It's brutal. So, it's been what so are you bad. Do? Uh, been Johnny so Mead, we got a couple minutes left. I know you sure. want to talk about the college athletes and sure. their likenesses. And now for the first time, um, some, some college athletes getting paid. Yeah, um, major decision comes down. Uh, the NCAA decided that athletes can get paid for what is it name? What is it name? I- image and likeness. So, and they can only get paid. It's not like they can sign a deal. And it, it, there's a lot to this. Um, yeah, I think I think what they did was a good step as far as okay, like so. How do you pay every single college athlete? Well, that's just not possible, right? Because, like, the, the 17th swimmer on the team, is he going to make the same amount as the star football player at a big program? Right. So I think this is a equitable way to do things, whereas, you know, kids can make money off their image likeness, get endorsements. I mean, the University of Miami quarterback had, like, four deals within 13 hours. It was – now, how that helps, you know, does that bring jealousy among other teammates? I don't know how this is all going to play out. But at least these college kids, at least these college kids can make, um, like, it can put some money in their pocket. Yeah. Because the university has just been making millions of dollars off them in the NCAA for years. So, I, I, I couldn't agree it's... more. Here's the thing that, that comes to mind for me. Imagine having graduated a year ago or two years ago. Oh, gosh, or, yeah. or be Reggie Bush, for oh, example. Oh, right. Exactly. You know, who lost his Heisman because right? of some bad. And your records out of the, and your records out of the, um, the books, you know? He is, you know, guys that, guys that should have gotten their piece of the cake and they're gone now and can't. Um, this makes a lot of sense to me. It should have been done years ago. And I'll just give you a, a quick example as to why. And again, I, I, Iowa state. Okay. The second time we mentioned Iowa state in this podcast, uh-huh. Ames, Iowa, small town, Brock Purdy's your quarterback. What is wrong with the local pizza joint 
in Ames, or there's a barbecue place there that's massively famous, and the name's escaping me. Like, they want to name a sandwich after him, or they want to have him there to sign autographs, or they just want to, you know, put out a, a barbecue sauce with his name or likeness on it. Like, you pay the kid a grand, he's going to sign off on it, everybody wins. There's no harm there, it helps them, and, and, and hopefully then the NCAA stays more on the up and up with some of this stuff, you know, the shady shoe deals and Nike paying guys and all these things we've heard about for years have been swept under the rug. Some have come to fruition. Some have led to penalties and suspensions. Now we shouldn't have any more of that. You know, if you can get it, get it because you deserve it. The organ, yeah. the, you know, the institutions have made millions of dollars from donors and alumni. And it's on a lot of it's because of sports. And finally, these kids deserve some payback literally and I think they're going to get it now. I just feel bad for those that came and went, um, that that petitioned for this, that deserve this, even if it was a $500 stipend a month from a car dealership sure. you know, that would have helped these kids. And uh, let's just hope that it continues to move in the right direction. I agree. I agree. Well said. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be a lot of trial and error, right? What- yep what's working, what's not working. And I think it's just a good step forward on how to handle the issue of, you know, kids kind of, cause like even when they're like in the summer, like they can't even go get a summer job, like flipping burgers just to put some money in their pockets. So they, do you know what I mean? Like it's, there's yeah. a lot to it. So. Certainly. How you been otherwise, right? My man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, things are good. I just, Man, it's hot. I'll tell you, man. It is hot for all those people. I mean, well, they work say, outside all the time. Lighter John Mita. Probably yeah. sweat less. I, I, I mean, that is the one thing. Because when I attended that wedding, when I was like, if I was 300 pounds, I would have had a towel wrapped around myself. And <laughs> I just need a little postage stamp washcloth to kind of dry off the beads of sweat that were coming off during the uh, ceremony. But yeah, man. It. Yeah, things are good. Um God, I thought I had, I thought I had some some great spread of love, but you know what? Oh, I, you you mentioned you referenced the Phillies making the playoffs fifteen times or fourteen times in one hundred thirty years as a franchise. Yeah, right. Did you want me to? Did you want me to puke yeah. during the podcast yeah. or look well, for a bridge? Well, I mean, that was just somebody stat that somebody threw out on Twitter today that you know the Philadelphia Phillies have been playing Major League Baseball for one hundred thirty-one years. And they've only made the postseason, what, 14 times out of 131 years? Yeah, and, and five of them were in that stretch with us. Right, Howard from Rollins, 2007 yeah, to Hamels. 2011. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which yeah. is just... So that means basically 10 years out of 125 that the team's actually... Ugh. I mean, it's just... It's atrocious. Let me ask you a question, and I'll just... Maybe this will be something that could spark the view, our, our listeners' interest, but... Was winning the Super Bowl worth it for the Eagles to just be in sports hell right now with a lot of our franchises with not the needle, not really pointing up for. Well, you and I have often had the conversation when a season ends or, uh, you know, we're talking about all four teams. We've been like, who's the closest, right? Who's next to winning it? And there was a minute where we thought the Flyers and we thought the Phillies, you know, we thought the Sixers. Like, I don't know who's next. Um, I'm scared it's going to be a hell of a long time, but yeah, I, I, we were both very honest. Give us a Super Bowl and we can rest easy. 
two months later, I felt differently. <laughs> you yeah. know, when, when, uh, when training camp rolled around again, I wanted more. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't, I don't know if we sold our soul. I don't know if we're not allowed to have nice things anymore as Philadelphia sports fans, but I will never forget that Super Bowl victory. Uh, thank God we have it. And honestly, it allows me to just lay it all on other teams, fans for like, they can never say you don't have a Super Bowl anymore. You know, the city does not have a Super Bowl. We don't have to hear that anymore. Yeah. We don't have to I'm, hear that anymore. The I Dallas mean, that, Cowboys last yeah. one when they're, you know, their highlights are on VHS tapes. Like that's right. That now is all I need to focus on. We, we, we got to get another championship. Yes. Yeah. But winning that Super Bowl was well worth it. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I would, I think I've said this to people. Yeah. If I saw that before anything else happened, I'd be, if I saw that before I died, I'd be all good. Like yep. it's, it's been a great ride. You know, it's yeah. been, <laughs> Some long seasons, some heartbreak, you know, think of all the NFC championships that were lost. And then, you know, a couple of the Super Bowls that were lost. And it just, yeah, you're so close. And then I'll finally get it done. And, and obviously to beat the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. I mean, there was nothing sweeter than getting a little New England revenge. So, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And being there was just, you know, one of the highlights of my entire lifetime. So. Icing on the cake. All right, brother. Good stuff as always. You're the man. You got it. Stay tuned, everybody. Uh, I guess, you know, next up for for the sports is we got training camp. It's like less than 20 days. Oh, there you go. I had a sighting today. What's that? I Who's rolled that? down the window. Yep. And said, good luck this season. Go Birds to no other than the new defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. His name is Chris Gannon. He actually lives in Haverford. So. I thought his name was Jonathan Gannon. Is it Jonathan Gannon? I thought it was. I don't Chris know. Hopefully, Gannon. you didn't call him Chris. I don't know. I didn't say anything. I just said good luck this How season, did you Gilbert. Recognize him? Because I know what house he lives in. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so yeah, he was Jonathan calling Gannon. Is it Jonathan Gannon? Good. Yeah. I didn't say Chris Gannon. God, I don't know where that comes from. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I have no idea where that came from. But yeah, Clinton embarrassed myself, and then all, also Brandon Grant moved in that the Haverford neighborhood. So all right. Yeah. So hopefully you know, if I if I see BG in the neighborhood when I'm on a bike ride, you know, maybe I can hit him off, try to get him on the show. But and stay tuned. That's the other thing. I promise you, and this is what I'm I'm gonna work my tail off to get some guests on. I think we need to spark it up with some guests. All right. I'm down all with right. that. Jason Kelsey so, was just hanging out at Kicks last week in Sea Isle, so yeah, he's down with the people. No doubt. Um, and he lives in the neighborhood as well. As yeah. well. Sarge Matthews here as well. No. <laughs> All right, Johnny Mita. All right. You're the man. Um, you got it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully see you down the line, brother. No doubt. For everybody tuning in, appreciate it as always. Brother Love Podcast. Yeah, follow us on every platform known to man because you know what? We're not censored, baby. Let's go. On Twitter, at Love Podcast. Till next time, we'll see